0: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Not Your Average Chris in Tech. This week, we're going to do something completely different, something that I've been kind of been waiting to do for the last couple of weeks. I'm extremely excited to have my special guest, my first ever guest on the podcast. Um, Liam's a very good friend of mine. I've known him for donkey's years. I've seen him grow, absolutely glowing at what he's doing these days. And I think it's the right opportunity to showcase what he's up to and also a chance for us to have a chat about Loads of different stuff. This is not gonna be a topic focused, predominantly about tech, but also about general life experience. There's a lot of stuff that's happening in society at the moment and I think this is the perfect opportunity for us to talk about these kind of aspects. So Liam, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit about yourself?
1: Yeah, that was quite an intro that you gave me though. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm honoured to be your first guest on your podcast. I'm loving the episode so far. Um so yeah, I'm Liam. I've well, we've known each other for like maybe like fifteen years, yeah, maybe a bit more. Um, uh, we actually went to school together. Um, Christian, you was in the year above me, and I'm um, good friends with one of your one of your brothers. Uh, and yeah, what do I do? Um, at the moment I work at a cabinet office. I've worked there for the last like five years. I'm very interested in tech, very passionate about cryptocurrency and also working on my own um, cryptocurrency focused startup. So I guess you thought it was a good time to just bring me on and, and have a quick chat about what I'm doing, what you're doing and just life generally innit? Really? Yeah, it's
0: been quite a while since we've like had a catch up. Yeah. And um something hit home, like we we're talking about institutional racism. So like how you're portrayed at work for certain things that you do. Yeah. Um And I was talking to you earlier about an example of where your hairstyle could be judged in a working environment. Um, And I've recently changed the way that I look. And because I first personally feel that society is conforming to a particular way where short hair should be the standard, you should be neat, you should be tidy. But what's stopping you from having braids or plaits and still being to that business look? I get it that you're in central London, the city. But what's the difference between me plaiting my hair and a white person combing back their hair?
1: Mm.
0: What do you feel to that sort of...
1: I mean, when you told me the story, I, there was one... When we were just talking about it off um, mic, I thought one thing that someone said to you was very wild, where it was like, you look like a drug dealer because you've now got... Came, now you came rode your hair, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, but I think that's also an educational piece, right? Because there's a lot of discussions that haven't been had, like... For example, I was trying to explain to somebody why I've grown my hair rather than cutting it Mm. to a short level, especially lockdown. Lockdown made me appreciate a lot of things, right? Um, Not for the fact that my hair might be receding. There's a lot of different (laughs) aspects behind it, right? And I personally feel that I should be able to portray myself in any way that I want. Like, for example, you get people in the office that have really long beards. Why are they not judged in the same sort of aspect as somebody that grows their hair.
1: Yeah, wh- but what do you mean that it's an educational piece? As in, for them, they, they should be educated enough not to say something.
0: Yeah, so, head. like, for example, someone's always been trained to say short hair is styled, right? Yeah. But why can't they be taught about different hairstyles and why...
1: I mean, I, I, hear, I hear where you're coming from in the sense that, like, it's an ignorant thing to say and you can get around, you can overcome that ignorance by becoming more educated. Yeah, right.
0: we're in like 2020, right? Yeah. So you should have an understanding, no matter how you've been brought up, that you should be accepted for the way that you are, and you shouldn't be le- profiled, right? It's a kind of racial profiling in a way for the fact that you've already be assumed the character because of the way that you look, yeah. because you can have a person that looks completely off ra- like radar, yeah, but extremely educated yeah. and the top, right? Of course. And I kind of like I I might be wrong in saying this. Mm-hmm. But hear me out, yeah. that you you would never see a lawyer with braided hair, would you? But why not? Exactly. That I think it's because society has, has told them that that's not the way that they should potentially look. Because if you look at somebody in a suit, how many people have you seen dressed, working in the city in a suit with their hair braided?
1: Well, not, I think that hairstyle is coming back around right now. So I have to say that not that many, but... I think I would go a couple steps back and say that you know you you've cane rolled your hair and then someone's leapt from that to saying that you're you look like a drug dealer, like that's a that's a racist thing to have said.
0: Yeah, but that's down to education, right? If that person is not being taught by TV, media, and yeah, a whole yeah. load of different other aspects, right? Mm-hmm then we wouldn't have this problem, right? So I personally think the media are slightly responsible for the way that they profile people and the way that people think and assume what people are like, right? For sure. So for example, me wearing a hoodie and a hat, you already think that I'm up to no good.
1: Yeah, when it has, it might have nothing to do with what you actually like, just like wearing braids and being a good lawyer there's no necessarily connection between the two yeah
0: so i think personally think that this education has to start from everywhere that's everyone being spoken like i was trying to explain to the hairdresser when i was going to get my hair done on friday that i was extremely worried about what people might think and yeah. what me people might presume that i might be like right yeah and when i was getting it done i was like yeah cool i like it but as soon as i got off the chair i was thinking fuck me what like what are people gonna think? Like I think yeah. people are gonna think less of me.
1: Even when I've changed my hair, I've noticed how people receive me different in different places and speak to me different or and it's the same when I'm dressed differently, you know, um, Monday to Thursday when we were all going in the office and you're kinda like suited and booted, there's a way in which people receive you and treat you and talk to you and then there's another way where you know you're in you you're in your regular clothes today or you might same with a hairstyle you might have a different hairstyle and it definitely feeds into people's perception of you. I agree that we get that from a lot of the stuff from the media and that you know you see particular images and then that's going to affect your perception of people but also people need to be accountable for the things that come out of their mouth and um accountable for how and why they perceive people a certain way is so how me? would
0: you kind of think that we should kind of address this in this kind of matter now where we where, where it should be open to say whatever we want right yeah Um, I think it's quite difficult to be quite open about quite a lot of aspects of these things and I think in my head is if I go to an interview the first thing you think about is cutting your hair
1: right yeah I think that's unfortunate and it it yeah it it speaks to I don't know it, that comment is like a sackable offence to me like yeah but then so and and the same way that you shouldn't have to be like we I don't want to normalise like that comment or even um, go into an interview and thinking that you need to change yourself in some way to fit with like the job market or whatever kind of power st- yeah. structure you're, you're getting into
0: yeah it's it's a difficult one because um, I've been on the other side of the foot where I'm profiling people to be interviewed yeah. and sometimes you profile someone by their name or like
1: yeah but what do you mean profile
0: <laughs> like you look at their name and you go yeah. okay cool like I can't relate to the looking at their CV I might not be able to relate so you don't yeah. sometimes give the charts, and that's drummed into you because that's what the expectation you're looking for right yeah. or you've worked with a particular type of person and they've affected the situation yeah. so whenever you go to highlight or interview yeah. you kind of profile them so for example but
1: that's equally fucked up <laughs> yeah it's
0: messed up but yeah. it happens like for example I already know like whenever I'm job hunting I reduce my name because my name looks sexier yeah without some of the the full part of my day, yeah
1: yeah whatever.
0: but I kind of think that is society trying to fool me into kind of a particular way of thinking and kind of behaving
1: yeah and it's a slippery slope when anyone kind of if we are to change who we are to fit into things it's it's, it's kind of dangerous.
0: Yeah, I remember working with uh, this guy. He, he, he called himself Christopher, right? Yeah. But Christopher was not his birth name, nothing yeah. to do with him. His parents never gave him yeah. the name. But he was like, this is the only way that I could potentially get a role. Yeah. And I was like, but that's not, I think you're mis-selling yourself, right?
1: Yeah.
0: You should sell yourself from your full name because that's your identity. That's where that persona begins.
1: Yeah. Um, no, and I, I understand it. I, I mean, I can't cri- I can't. Cri- I can criticize people for looking at names and um, discriminating against them, and that includes you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take that yeah. one. I don't um, mind because it's, it's 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 obviously it's really wrong. It's inherently wrong. Um, people might do different things to. Is it too quiet? No, no, no. no. It's all right. I'll b- I'll boost it up. Okay, cool. So, people might do things practically, like change the name on a CV or whatever, to to get the role. Um, and people got to do what they got to do. Just from where I'm sitting, I'm like it's all wrong, um, mm. and it it is a reflection of what we're living in.
0: But do you think that's that was also a factor of like how we were brought up in schools? So like the educational system didn't educate us on a lot of aspects. Yeah. Right. We're all conformed to one particular direction. Even when you go to university, the direction is still in that
1: ideal world, right? Yeah. School is just on every level, from how you how you your appearance, how you dress, how you dress, um, to what you're taught is all moulding you for kind of a larger structure of society, I think. Um so yeah, you having to go to school dressed a certain way, with your head shaved, you know, at our school we couldn't have hair um above a certain length. I remember people cut getting sent home because they had cane row or they um had grown their afro over the summer or something like that. Um, And that is all gearing you up for the workplace. So it's kind of, it's getting normal, it's it's normal for that to happen at school and then it's normal for you to conform in the wider, like...
0: Yeah. Where do you reckon the buck should stop? As in... How do we change this culture? Like, what do we need to do to, like, make this... mm. People allowed to have their own identity and express themselves, because I certainly feel sometimes there's a bit of a depression within yourself that can be caused because you're trying to fit into society yep. but you can't fit in society because you don't feel like you fit in
1: yeah, I think first and foremost we got to call it out um, and we shouldn't be hypocrites about it as well we got to call it out when it's there and say why it's wrong and explain why it's wrong um, and also I don't think I I can only speak for me personally, but I don't think we should bend to anything um, which wants to shape us in a particular way that isn't for our higher for our higher benefit or cut parts of ourselves away to fit into places. Um, because, like I said, it's a slippery slope. Because then everyone's every once everyone's doing it, we can control everyone.
0: Yeah, so taking the back of like everything you've learned over the last like sort of ten years, yeah, and to so where you are now, how does what you're planning to do change that kind of mentality? So how are you gonna build your platform and stuff that you're working on your projects? Sorry to like give a little spoiler for later on, yeah, yeah. but how does that make you feel about shaping and what kind of direction are you kind of going for?
1: I think moments like the one you were describing at your workplace when you change your hair like those are those are instances where your kind of confidence can be knocked and you can um, be tempted to go and then conform to things mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot of power in um, challenging the status quo and um, yeah shining a light on where there is ignorance even if it's as small as saying why well, I comment about someone's hair is mm-hmm. not acceptable to kind of like much larger, um, like the, the bigger picture. So for me, the kind of the question is: What lesson have I yeah. learned in the last ten years? So I think I've learnt to be um, more true to my own values and um, my uh, myself, and then plot a path that matches that. Mm-hmm. So rather than try to cut parts of myself away or um, become less confident in order to to like get by in certain environments, including the workplace, I've taken a different path now, which is this is what I am and what I believe and this I'm going to create a life and work that matches that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I again, another angle I look at, and this, this sounds a bit sad, what I'm about to say, and I'm quite surprised that I'm actually going to say this because I'm actually judging myself for thinking this. Like, if there was a role and you experienced some difficulties and it was the perfect career plan for you and it hit your five year goal yeah. by being in that organisation would you walk away from that
1: organisation if I had if I had a moment uh, like a bad moment in there or if you yeah. were doing something like for like example
0: you I'll give you a great example uh, a few years ago somewhere like not mentioning names right yeah. um, I I I felt that for you to fit in, you had to take in some of the culture aspects yeah. where people thought racist banter yeah. was norm or people will say, do you know what? It's acceptable because he's old. No. Where people are normalising racial profile in jokes. yeah, You know what I mean? And you kind of look at like, for example, not saying
1: in any kind of way, but... For instance, with what that comment. <laughs> yeah. Yo, that comment if that comment that someone said to you was just changed a little bit and aimed at, you know, another um, quote-unquote disadvantaged or minority group, you know, the res- peop- the reception would be totally different.
0: Yeah. And also, do you feel like, and this is going to be me b- being bad and thinking in my head, right, that the no snitching culture on, <laughs> on it. <this, laughs> yeah, like, for yeah. example, I, I'm a person, I, I swear that I will not snitch for nothing. Like, and I won't bring it up. I just let it slide and whatever. work. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but see, I think that's where we go wrong sometimes, um, and and I think you have. I, I don't know. If, if I, snitching is not the right word that I would use. <laughs> no, you know? but, but I would say like, especially in the workplace, is uh, is where you need to cool things out um, and see how far you can escalate things because what what you'll find is that people are very uncomfortable when when you take people. Um, one on one, and and pull them up on certain things that they said. You see how small they are and how uncomfortable these conversations are. And, yeah. and and it also when you pull on one thread, also you you find out how many other other times it's happened to other people. Do
0: you know it's kind of interesting? I go back to the really early part of my career, right? And um, someone made a comment, and I'll share this because this is quite a long time ago, and I hope the person listens to this and <laughs> realizes what they said. So the guy said, "You can't take a street tech guy." out the street and make him a corporate engineer.
1: Yeah.
0: And at the time, I remember I was like, excuse me, like, you can't be saying that. And at the time I went to my boss and I was like, hey, look, this guy is discriminating me on all different aspects. Yeah. There's so many examples. And my boss at the time was just like, just let it brush past. Yeah. And I actually made a stand that time and I was like, you know what? It's either him or me.
1: Yeah, fuck these people.
0: Yeah, fuck these people and I left. Yeah. And I've done that a few times in my career. Yeah but how many times can you keep on doing that in your career and then you're also pegging yourself back like for example um in one of my podcasts I was talking about career hitting a ceiling path right yeah when you conform to society you uh, end, end up getting yourself pigeonholed because you keep moving places to escape those issues
1: yeah I, even in just as a aside like in one of your other podcasts you were talking about like mental health and anxiety and you were talking about um how you'd had this moment where I think you'd made a mistake and people were chatting shit about it, basically. And, like, so you remember in that comment about the, you can't take a street guy, some bullshit, and this other one where you've made a mistake, like, what what people think are little throwaway things are actually pretty big things in people's lives, and that's why it's important to, to kind of call it out yeah. deal with it at the time I think even though that's hard Yeah. Um, so yeah go on
0: I think one of the big problems is that I think the backlash for standing out and yeah. making a comment is worse than reporting the issue yeah, right yeah. No, I feel so,
1: that. and I've done this. sorry to cut you off but I've done the same at, in previous stages of my life as well where I've kind of tolerated some bullshit that um, was actually unacceptable and should have been called out in it um, so that's why this is a good conversation to say that we have to have the confidence to go and say the uncomfortable things and have the uncomfortable conversations and I think the reason to do it is not just one because it's um, what can seem like a small thing can actually be a big thing in someone's lives but also because we need to start holding the line of what's acceptable and what's unacceptable and when everyone kind of holds that line and toes that line then the line gets enforced yeah. Where it where there's a boundary that people think they can just cross all the time then... Um, they're going to keep crossing it, yeah. And yeah, it, it says something when you have to. It says something about our ability to enforce our boundaries that when you know you can take this, you can take this to your manager, um, and they not want to do anything about it.
0: Yeah, I just personally, I I think the harder thing is the the backlash in in being speaking out. Yeah, like because sometimes, like and. I'm probably going to be judged for this, but I personally think... When you speak out the first time on it and you call somebody out about it... Yeah. The backlash that you get is twice as bad as the comment they've made.
1: Is that is
0: that from experience? That's from experience, Yeah. yeah. Because your whole team looks at you differently.
1: Yeah.
0: Everyone's on edge. Yeah. And whenever somebody says something, you're like... They're like, oh, okay. They might say, blah, 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 blah. Or this person's, you've done this, but kind of this. Yeah. So you kind of like, you then become the outcast of the team and you, you're you disjointed in a lot of different aspects, yeah. right? So a lot of people that's going to be listening to this, like, you've probably been in the same experience, but don't be afraid to shout out. Mm. Like, the backlash is only bad for like possibly like a month or two. But for some people that I've spoken to, it's become unbearable and they've changed roles. Mm. So for me, I'm still like, alright cool I'll talk to that person one on one I'll deal with it yeah. or I kind of save the tokens and when I know when I'm about to leave these are the reasons why I'm leaving yeah. and I think that voice is a lot louder than trying to deal with each individual is- issues yeah. because sometimes you might make a comment to somebody and it might be perceived in a completely different light to what it should have been Yeah. Um. so yeah maybe I should speak out a lot more but in my back of my mind because of past experiences I kind of just like alright cool we'll have a joke let's move on like don't mention it again but what I don't want to happen is that these comments become normalised in the way that we work right Mm. in a lot of different aspects right and we should all be treated like we have a code of conduct and a line right that we draw yeah so we need to make sure that we teach these boundaries yeah but I guess the way that we educate it's got to be slightly different maybe if we start drawing out um classes Learning sessions where people can get educated and informed in the workplace. So it's sort of like on your new board, like onboarding experience yes. that you start to kind of train that culture. Because I, I don't know how you feel with When you don't get on at your work, you don't get taught some of these boundaries. And some of these people like not being like outspoken here. But some of people never worked with black people, or some mm-hmm. people never ever seen a black person in their whole That's
1: life. That's like when when I first got to uni. You can tell <laughs> you can tell people have never met a black person before and they always think you're a drug dealer. That's what I got when I was like, like, everybody used to come up to me it be like, Oh, if you I, I got some mad stories about that. Um But yeah, I I agree with you. I, I mean it, from my perspective it's hard it's hard to know what to do to um, re kind of re educate or, or retrain people into a bit like kind of healthier ways of thinking because you're programmed into these messed up ways of thinking from the time you come into the planet you know like you're learning this stuff subconsciously through the media subconsciously through everything and then you're you're playing it out in your schools and your workplaces etc etc definitely enforcing personal boundaries is one that I've found to be good and talking to people one on one and being like x y and z because they might not even realise how disrespectful something that they've said is so yeah. getting them one-on-one, but yeah, it's, it's, it's sad if you, if we can all relate, which I can, to the fact that you've got, you store up your tokens <laughs> yeah. and, you, and you're like, boy, all the, I can reel off plenty stories of messy things that happened to me yeah. while I was at work. And unfortunately I didn't call out all of them. Yeah. But is
0: there a reason why you didn't call it
1: out? Yeah, it's a similar thing Well I was just thinking, um, this year and it's a couple of years ago, um, where I'm thinking oh, if I say something it's just going to cause more drama Yeah. but now I've you know in time we grow and we evolve and I've I just see it differently now where if if X, Y and Z happens to me there's no point in saying that it's wrong if I'm not going to call it out as wrong I, I need yeah. to enforce my personal boundaries and I need to be able to do that even if it's to my detriment because it's what I actually believe like I actually believe that what
0: you said yeah. is wrong. Yeah, so I was thinking the other day, I was like, you yeah. know how we get this Black Pound Day like yeah. so often, yeah. right? Is that I I personally feel that that's not giving credit to black businesses. That's giving one day to showcase it, right? Yeah. We should be showcasing that all Every the time. Day is black
1: Pound day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I personally feel that this goes way past the ecosystem of just the office, right? Because when you look at it, black history, only gets one month a year. Yeah, Yeah? that education is not throughout the whole year. Yeah, and like, why are we not talking about some of these subjects and like people being educated on our history, like in loads of different aspects? Like, how many times, like, when do you see a black superhero, you only see like one or two black panther? Yeah, and when you look at that TV, whenever you see somebody being robbed or something like that, it's so so (laughs) I I think stop and search is, is I'm going way off topic from what. I'm trying to get to but I think we should have this diversity constantly whatever aspect we can we should try and do this education I
1: think yeah I think it's all tied into economics at the end of the day like your if the going back to your example of when you've raised something with your boss if your boss was black or the owners of that organisation were black or whatever it is it doesn't necessarily need to focus on um, race Um, but it's just that if you own stuff you have the ability to enforce um if you own stuff you have power over stuff and mm-hmm. you have the ability to enforce rules um and that includes hiring and firing that includes you know who you let into your teams and what you think is acceptable in your workplace mm-hmm. so i agree that for you talking about black pound day like it it's, it would be good if we as a black community were doing that every day but it's it's a good it's a good way to start thinking about it but just generally everything is tied into the pound the it's all if there's no separating in my opinion political power with you can't separate political power with it, without having economic power as well
0: yeah so this is actually an interesting question right so supporting black business putting money into black businesses yeah but that same money is being pushed out throughout the whole ecosystem yeah. so how is that do you feel is growing the economy
1: yeah
0: because yeah. I don't feel it's that money's not going back into our community as such that money is still going back into this massive ecosystem yeah and the money ends up getting lost
1: right yeah, yeah of course it's like a I, I got a a friend that is working on, um, you know, like a, a, a platform that promotes specifically black businesses, mm-hmm. and the analogy he used to describe what you're saying is that it's a leaky bucket. As in, we can we've got this bucket, um, and you can talk about any economy and say this, not just the black economy, but let's talk about the black economy for a minute. You've got a bucket. And you're going to pour more water in it on Black Pound Day. So all this cash is going to flow to these black businesses, hopefully. But then if their suppliers um, and uh, all the other people that they work with to make their business function are not are not in that same community, that same bucket, then it's a leaky bucket. It's mm-hmm. going to flow out. Um, so, yeah, it, that, that is the nature
0: of the problem. Yeah, so going on to that, like, let's have a conversation about like what you're doing, like, and how your platform is gonna like bridge in a sort of kind of way, because I think it's important to talk about how money actually works yeah. and how our money is pushed out. Yeah. Because um, there's a lot of misconceptions about how money works, for sure, and how you save your money. So yeah. I'm gonna give you a minute to have a little chat about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I think even before we talk about anything that I'm doing, I think it's. It's cool to talk about money generally. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we so cool
0: yeah. we go about the awkward topic, right? Yeah. So, I'm very like money spreadsheet driven. I've got a spreadsheet for absolutely everything. I'm yeah. sharing with you constantly yeah, platforms yeah, yeah. I'm looking at. Yeah, you love it. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love like tech and yeah. apps. Like at the minute, I'm using Snoop. I'm yeah. using uh, Monzo. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of. Non traditional banks like yeah. Skipton's, which Man, is a building I'm,
1: that's a building society, yeah, building yeah.
0: society, Still Bank with Nationwide again, yeah. another building Builds, society. Yeah, um, and then I have one massive bank which is HSBC, yeah. Um, kudos to them, but fuck <laughs> <right. laughs> the money goes in the bank, it comes straight out. Yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm putting it to other places. And then there's also the, the fact is that there's other platforms where you can actually use your money to grow. Like yes. I sent you a platform the other day, I don't know, if you no, I checked
1: a, it out, it was the peer to peer lending,
0: yeah. So there's a couple of platforms out there where you can make your money grow, and I'm gonna shout out a little massive fuck you to the people that say <laughs> um, that they're making money on stocks and shares because yeah. that's bullshit. Cause you think if, so? <laughs> yeah, because if everybody's making money on stocks and shares, who's gonna like. Where's, where's it all going? Back? It's a proper rag to riches. I've seen some people yeah. posting pictures in Dubai and stuff like that, yeah. but how many hours are they done, right? Do
1: you know what? This The trading stuff is funny because I'm sure a lot of. Are- I'm not, in, I'm not a trader but um, while I'm sure that there are people making money from it um, it seems like some traders the most money that they're making is from selling courses that teach other people how to trade yeah. do you know what I mean it's
0: them pyramid damn schemes <laughs> yeah, yeah I
1: mean that's what, we're living in a massive
0: pyramid scheme so, so if we're talking straight money yeah. let's talk about like, how do you save up for a mortgage? Let's just say this, right? So, currently, society is telling us that we need a 15% deposit. Yeah. Um, And if you're working in London, you're commuting, you're living the London dream, yeah, we're, we're locked down for the last six months. Hopefully, you stashed a whole lot of money.
1: Yeah.
0: But how do you feel you get yourself money ready?
1: For a mortgage? Yeah. I would even... I mean, for me personally, I would you know we were talking about like education at school and what you're kind of indoctrinated into I would, I would just before I got a mortgage when I was thinking of getting a mortgage I started to look into the mechanics of um, mortgages and the banking system etc etc and um, I'm not as keen as get on getting a mortgage in fact I'd, I probably won't get a mortgage wow, that's in life okay, look. um, having looked into it on a deeper level Um, And the main thing that bothers me about mortgages is the amount of interest that you pay to the banking system. Um, So like on a 5% uh, mortgage over 30 years for like a 400k house, let's say a 500k house, Mm -hmm. you're going to end up paying 400k in interest and you're going to mostly pay that interest in the first 20 years of your mortgage. So over the lifetime of a mortgage That 30 years In the first 20 years You're going to pay Let's say HSBC Fuck HSBC (laughs) um, 500k in interest And by the end of that 20 years For that house that you borrowed 500k for You're going to maybe have less than 100k in equity Yeah So What you've done And what we're all doing Is making the banking system rich um, By using their loans to buy our houses and we think that we and we're doing it because it's just the thing that we do like we Mm -hmm. own our homes right but I think it's a bit of a it's a really really fucked up system (laughs) me personally
0: because if you look at some places in the world right people don't buy homes right people rent rent the whole way right but in the UK we've got this thing about equity 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 right and
1: it it is I think it's it's this cultural it's definitely cultural um, I'm not sure where it comes from originally but yeah it is all about buying like in, in Germany and stuff they, it's more um, common to rent and the thing I say to people is whether you're renting your home or you're buying your home with a mortgage you're still renting if you're renting yeah. you're still you're paying the landlord rent for the property if you are got a mortgage you're paying the bank's um rent for the money, yeah, and that's interest, and it is just it's a I understand when people say that at least at the end of a mortgage, you still own the home, and after thirty years of renting, you might not own it, but if what you pay out in interest to the banks um say you have a mortgage, if what you pay in interest to the banks uh is more than what you would have spent renting and growing your money then you probably haven't done any better yeah it's kind of there's also the flip side to that
0: we're talking about which is the other financial bubble yeah. where people live on credit so yeah. tvs cars and all of this which is yeah. the american life and i kind of think that feeds into this whole home owning and this whole thing oh right? for a
1: fact because and you you said it like they're li- everyone's living on credit but that credit isn't just tvs and um, holidays and mobile phones It's houses too. When we when we get a mortgage, we're buying on credit. The banks aren't taking anywhere, aren't taking money from anywhere else in the economy to lend us that money. They create credit to do it. So when you know you've got your fifteen percent for your mortgage, let's say it's uh, let's say it's ten percent. When you've got your ten percent for mortgage, it's thirty k. You've got a 300k house when you go to the bank and ask for a 270k loan to buy your house they're going to create that money they're not going to take it from all their depositors etc they're going to create it so when we're constantly getting stuff on credit and creating more money what do you think that does to the price of it it he right? pushes
0: it up. And it's yeah. like, it's kind of interesting because the last couple of weeks I've been looking at properties myself, and and I'm like, this shit is fucked, yeah, right? It's fucked. So when he he took away stamp duty, all the people who are cash, yeah. right, yeah, yeah, bought all the properties, and they can buy at any price that they want,
1: yeah,
0: right. But if you're a first time buyer, that doesn't help you in any aspect because the people that you're competing with in that market is completely different, yeah. So when he and put they probably
1: that, sorry to cut you off, but they people even have these people that are like cash rich as well they've done very well at the housing market so they've caught the bubble in the previous generation they got the money out and now they're buying homes in cash to rent to us like the floundering generation that um, is still renting it's kind of kind of nuts in a lot of different aspects how there's a
0: generation lost
1: yeah, in understanding right, right. Yeah.
0: so I was having this conversation about how to give yourself a financial detox Yeah. Right. So, how many times is there stuff that you're paying for that you don't need, right? So, for example, like a car, right? So, you pay £250 a a month, right? Let's say it's like four and a half grand a year. You could have bought two cars for that four grand and you could have had equity to sell if you wanted to buy a property or reinvest that money. But that money that you've pumped into that financial car has no value at the end of it because there's either a parachute payment or you've just got to hand the car back, right? And I was trying to educate my friend at that point that. You need physical assets rather than fact. material assets.
1: Yeah, it's um, there's guns and there's butter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, guns is real estate, stocks, artwork. You know, like there's this scene from Baby Boy. Did you ever watch Baby yeah, Boy? Yeah, I did. In, yeah, uh, yeah I remember was, it. Yeah, and the guy comes in the room. And he's like, uh, stocks. It's just guns. Guns is stocks. Real estate, artwork, stuff that appreciates in value yeah and then there's butter there's things that you buy that don't have any value after you buy them yeah um, now cars is cars is a funny one because it, there's there's value in owning a car because you can sell it to get the money back quick yeah. but for most people it's a liability you know we were just talking about the, the amount of interest you pay over a lifetime of a mortgage yeah. it's the same with car finance that it has an interest rate yeah. you know um, you're going to be paying there's a cost to having things now yeah um, as opposed to saving, yeah, and and that cost goes to the financial system. So I have got an
0: interesting topic that I, th- I was just thinking about, like interest rates in this country, right?
1: Yeah,
0: we're not encouraged to save in this country.
1: No, but it's because they've yeah, because interest rates are so low.
0: Yeah, and do you think that's also made us have that spend, spend, spend mentality because putting your money in the bank doesn't offer you anything?
1: Yeah, it. I mean that's the purpose of the policy like you keep interest rates low so that debt, outstanding debt is cheap to pay off and that money is cheap to borrow and that's what they need to do to keep the quote unquote economy moving Um, we need to keep spending in order to um, we need to create money to flow around the economy to keep to keep buying things, to keep businesses open. Yeah, I get you.
0: But So, going to be really direct, you might not want to answer this question, but yeah. when you get paid at the month, like, how do you work out what you're going to do? Like, How do you split that out?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've got a, uh, I haven't I have always, but I'd recommend you have a kind of a system. So, I've got a system where I get paid 100% of what I get paid, um, 40% of it go sorry 45% of it goes to my living expenses you know my bills my rent everything Um, and then I split the rest of it's called the the five buckets method I think it's called Um, I split it into five pots so I got a 10% pot another 10% pot another 10% pot another 10% pot another 10% pot and a 5% pot if that's correct Um, and I got one the 5% pot is for giving yeah. so it's like if birthdays are coming up or if i'm going to give to charity or if i'm going to give to my friends and family um another 10% is for um investing mm-hmm. um so where i'm trying to grow my money yeah um and i split across like various investments um i've got another 10% that is for saving mm-hmm. so for um like long term purchases yeah i've got another 10% for which is like my play, my play bucket. Yeah. So, this is like I can spend guilt free, <laughs> uh, like, like the casino, the betting shops, so yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Whatever I want to put mm. it down on each month is like whether I want to buy something, whether I want to have experience. Um, and what so that's the those are my buckets. Did I need five? I think so. Yeah. I don't
0: want to check because we might have to ruin the order. But um, I think it's a really interesting Sorry, so
1: It's the other way around. I think 55% is for my expenses. 45% is my buckets. So I've got the giving bucket, the investment bucket, the saving bucket, um, giving bucket, investment bucket, saving bucket, play bucket. And there's one more. If I get my phone, I'll see is it, it. Is it the I holiday s- bucket? I think it's my... Um, I have to get my phone to see because what I go up is it's just automated. Okay. So it's automated. It's, there's direct debits. They go out to different places. I, I spend what's in my play bucket. Yeah. I invest what's in my investment bucket, and and I keep it like that. So what do you do?
0: What do I do? So I have a monthly spreadsheet, and <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a messy one because yeah. the first of the month after I paid all my bills,
1: yeah,
0: I take I think it's like seventy percent of my salary I put into a savings account. Yeah. I take 20% for myself. Yeah. Um, as and when I need some money, I'll pull it out. Yeah. Um, but, I, but
1: you track everything.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I give myself an allowance. If yeah. I go over it, then I'll I bring some more. But there's some month where you're like, you're going on holiday or whatever, mm. then that's what I'm going to do. So like since lockdown, I've like been trying to do 90% salary saving Yeah. and 10%. It's risky, Yeah. but it gets you into that mentality. And one of the things that I was trying to say was, I'm trying to get ready. I'm trying to get financially ready. Yeah. And you have to go for a detox. Yeah. There's a whole load of crap. That you don't need, right? Yeah, when
1: you comb through your bank statement when once you start becoming financially literate, and you comb through your bank statement to find all the f- shit that you pay for, it's embarrassing. Yeah. When I when I did mine, it's embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was I was paying for on my phone. It's three ninety nine. I was paying for like eighteen months or something stupid like. Because I never really combed through this year ago, I didn't comb through my bank statements properly. Yeah, three ninety nine over a few months. Mu- that's a, it. It added up to money that I I would like to have had. Yeah, it's quite. It's, it's, it's so many people don't do that detox, yeah. right? And you times that by ten. If there's ten things that you have one of them direct debits for, yeah, you, it's a lot of money, man. I like
0: a great example was um I I can't name the person, but they had a Barclays. Um, thing where it gives them like three pound, £4 pound a month, right? Yeah. If you've got two direct debits, it's free. It's some free money. So if you've got Barclays, go check it out. Like <laughs> They're pagans, right? But basically what it is, is a reward scheme
1: yeah.
0: which pays £7 into your bank account
1: yeah,
0: and then they take away £3 away from it. But it's just basically giving you £3.50 a month for nothing as long as you pay out like, two direct debits. Or is it £4? Something like that, right? Uh-huh. And uh the person in question lost one of their direct debits and it ended up that they were paying fifty P for the account. Now, in my mind you should have been ahead of that and gone, okay, cool, I haven't got a direct deb enough direct debits, you should remember that. So whenever you sign up for a bank account, remember the terms and conditions. Not many people like, write yeah. them down, right?
1: They, they, they make it long, so you just never look at it properly.
0: Yeah, I, I've done this before where I've looked at bank accounts and I'm like, I'm paying for this shit and I don't even know why. Oh, yeah. Um, Amazon but, Prime or... Amazon oh, to be fair, I couldn't live without Prime. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's got the wrong supply. I, I think
1: you mentioned it on another one where he's like, oh, it was on Prime, so I ordered it. Like.
0: Yeah, like, next day delivery is a, is a massive aspect. But do you know what's kind of funny? I was talking about Amazon Is a great example of actually financial wealth in a different way, right? Yeah. Because... If you subscribe and save to certain items, like daily stuff you need, so for example, my hair cream yeah. is like £7 in boots, yeah. but it's £4.50 if I subscribe and save, right? Yeah. I know my hair cream lasts me three months. Yeah. So I just subscribe to it. They're for-
1: taking over. Yeah. Amazon is crazy. they really, and their business model is just about destroying everybody else. <laughs> so like it costs seven, this is my, what I'm thinking because of what I, I've read about Amazon, but like that hair cream costs £7.00. Yeah. they'll sell it to you for £4.50 not because they like you but because they know that if they put it to £4.50 they'll destroy Boots <laughs> yeah. and when Boots doesn't exist anymore they, they'll they have grown their market share to a point where you know we've destroyed all of the other retailers and now there's an online store that does everything yeah it's like a Mike Ashley kind of programme right what does he do just we just cut,
0: cut costs <laughs> just cut costs kill yeah. everybody off yeah yeah and just replace you with whatever you can yeah. it? do you know what That's I mean zero awesome. hours and stuff like that yeah Um, it's such an interesting aspect in so many different ways and I I think my pots in the way that I I am is I'm very strict like for example I could buy a car that I want right now right Uh but when I look at my car my insurance is 200 quid if I upgrade my car it's gonna be seven eight hundred why am I gonna just chuck an extra 500 quid away for no apparent reason then four grand on a car that could potentially be worth
1: yeah
0: like two and a half the year later
1: I mean only only if it fits into your budget and you think it's worth it, you know?
0: Yeah. Like Like for example, I bought a drone recently and yeah, you probably enjoy the footage, right? Yeah, yeah. But for me in my head that's a business, yeah. right? If yeah. I'm buying something, it has to have a business mentality. Yeah. Like in my head I'm already going, Okay, cool, I've got a drone, how am I gonna make money? Yeah, do I wanna do drone wedding photos, XYZ? Yeah, I'm not trying to promote my skills here but Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, if I'm buying an asset, it has to have value. Yeah.
1: I agree that we should think of things as like assets and liabilities um but I do just to, i temper it a little bit with just being like, does it fit into your budget like if you if you was a millionaire um and that's why I like the percentages thing yeah. because it doesn't matter what I'm getting paid. things are going out same way yeah. um and and also i've you I've got room to to spend guilt free you know you work. Yeah. So you you should buy your drone or your car or whatever if it fits in to your
0: budget. But do you know the the other interesting thing is the people that think credit card first.
1: Yeah, but see that's how they got that. That is how the <laughs> that's how it it keeps on moving the economy. It's just this more credit, more credit getting pumped into the yeah. system. So
0: I've been I I can happily say that I'm like nine nine ten months credit free. Yeah. And I only had credit because you offered me a balance transfer, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Now society tells me that I need a credit rating to have whatever I want, right? Yeah. So you get a credit card, do whatever you want, yeah, do I some fuck mad fuckery. Fuck yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's how they got me. <laughs> yeah. And you get a <laughs> this debt. <laughs> <laughs> and you just get into a vicious cycle. Yeah. You're paying them back fucking two hundred pounds a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you, you told me that society tells me I need a credit rating. Yeah. right? So and now I'm like fuck, alright, I'm trying to buy a house, I need some fucking credit, yeah. Where am I going to get the credit? Yeah. So, you advertise me with, like, interest free, like, stuff, like an iPad, right, 12 months, interest free, normally I'll be like, you know what, fuck it, I've got the money in the bank, and then when the person, I got to the till, when the person was like, hey, like, I wouldn't advise you to, like, paying for this up front, and I was like, but why? And she was like, she was like, was like, you could probably earn £12.50 in interest in the bank, right, by keeping your money uh, that, that's nearly equated to a percentage off your, your device oh it's yeah? like offsetting it
1: yeah, yeah so yeah,
0: yeah. keep your money in the bank gain a little bit of interest yeah. and then pay it off
1: that's like um, offset mortgages what the banks have where uh, if you've got money in the bank that they're supposed to be charging paying you interest for then if you keep it in the same bank as you have your mortgage with then yeah. you can pay less interest on your mortgage by not receiving interest on your savings
0: yeah. Do you get it? Yeah, and it's kind of, and that was the first time I was like, you know what, fuck it, I'm just gonna get it on interest free, like. Yeah, it, yeah.
1: Because of your offsetting, you're keeping your money in the bank. Yeah. You're paid on it.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, percent and, and that's where kind of a few aspects where you have to go, okay, cool. I'm looking at the material value of this. Yeah. It's not gonna be worth this yeah. in twelve months time, but I'm I'm paying this over a smaller proportion. And I'm a person I don't like direct debits. I can't stand a stupid direct code Like just let me pay for the shit the whole year up front, right? I would rather be in an environment where you come around to me and go, January, these are all your bills like
1: and pay, pay him in advance. <laughs> <months>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and let me breathe. You want
0: to pay for a year of Netflix? <laughs> <know>? <laughs> yeah, my <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Netflix is dirt cheap. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I'd rather know what my upfront cost is, right? Because how many of you spend the time and go, okay, cool. Over the twelve months, how much does that one subscription cost me? Yeah,
1: yeah. Right? That's what I was finding when I was combing through all these bank statements for, for like <laughs> the subscriptions I never used. Yeah, I I think
0: I had one, and it was I don't even know why I had it and it worked out that I was paying something like £64 a year mm. for something that I only yeah. need 1% of it. Yeah,
1: and it all, it, I've never used it since I bought it. Yeah,
0: and I, that's why I'm a bit afraid with the podcast, right? That yeah. I'm trying not to pay into a subscription model for hosting it.
1: Yeah.
0: And just shout out Limo here, well, because wanna, I'm going to move it. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it, And that's why, like, at a minute, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm promoting Limo because I can put that podcast on there, and there's no charges for me to upload it. But all I want to do is share what I'm talking about yeah. and these can cost from like 5 to £6 a month and I haven't got that business growth in my podcast so far to...
1: To justify it. Yeah, yeah.
0: so... When I look at my financial organization, I have to look at a lot of stuff. Like this yes. is this is a hobby, right? Yeah. But
1: hobby. You need to become an accountant, <laughs> bro. <laughs> You've got a lost, uh, like a lost talent for accounting. So. I, I'm a numbers man. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. My numbers don't stack up. Right? So <laughs> I'm,
0: not that I'm looking at how long we're spending here, because I got five hours still free. I'm one black fool. <laughs> but um, oh yeah, you're like let's write this up. <laughs> I ain't nah. got long. <laughs> nah, but you have to look at your money as it's your property right and a lot of people don't look at it as your property yeah. and if you're going to invest it it has to make money for you like yeah. I'm doing this podcast because I enjoy it but I don't want to spend my own money and not make anything back out of it and yeah. I'm not trying to say that I'm trying to make money out of my podcast yeah. but for me to share my content I need to it need to
1: make financial sense
0: yeah, yeah. If, if my podcast was covering the cost of what it was a month then I'm happy right yeah. but and that's why I think a lot of people are don't are not are like it's kind of scary. Like you invest in something, but mm. actually not look at the other aspects to it.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And you got I, I agree with your perspective on money. I mean, we get money from selling our time. Yeah. It's our most valuable asset. So then, the thing you get back, you got res- you should respect. I I've learned to respect it, yeah. um, just as much as I've learned to respect my time. Yeah. You know? I think
0: one of the hardest things for me is growing up, like I didn't we didn't have a lot, we had enough to get by, right? Uh-huh. And now like I'm I'm quite a successful IT guy yeah. and you get paid get <laughs> <laughs> and You can live the dream, right?
1: Yeah yeah. You but
0: live your dream. The mo- the more money you get, the worse society is for you because you're like, I can afford this, I can have what it is. Mm. But I've had to train myself that I didn't have a lot when I started right yeah, yeah. so I need to think when I didn't have enough because yeah. there's people there's who live off 14,000 a year as a salary
1: yeah. I'm like how the fuck are you live it because yeah. there's, a, a, there's a great there's a sick book um, called The Richest Man in Babylon yeah um, and it talks it's, it's just a good book for like financial literacy right and um, there's like a moment in it one of the parables where the is asking all these different people how much they save a month and they all respond by saying, um, how can I save X amount a month? Ten per-? So one of the big ideas is that you should pay yourself first yeah. and you should pay yourself 10% of your salary first yeah. before you pay anyone else. Whether it be your landlord, Sky Sports, Netflix, whatever, pay yeah. yourself first. And he tells these people to do this and they're like, how can I do that when I have to pay for this, this, this? And then he says, okay, he asked them all their different occupations yeah. and it turns out that they all have different occupations and they all get paid different amounts of money yeah. but yet what they're saying is that their expenses are too high to save 10% yeah. and the, the moral of the story he gets to is that um, as your salary grows as the amount of money you're coming in grows so does your expenses tend to grow accordingly, yeah. like, that's like our human nature um, and you have to manage that basically yeah. It's a,
0: such an interesting thing is it's like that whole behavior changes a lot of aspects. And I really want to touch on, um, how you invest, like, like for me I'm quite a sensible person like I used to gamble heavy I used to love going to yeah yeah William Hugh yeah. <laughs> back in the day back in the yeah. roulette before a night out yeah, yeah. sugar <laughs> 50 pound no you would say and I always put something on zero just <laughs> in case <laughs> just in case yeah. and it never pays out yeah and it's no, kind those of
1: those things are just finesse machines <laughs> yeah. they're designed to just finesse you us out of our money and it's kind of
0: funny because I don't gamble anymore No,
1: nah, I see and
0: somebody said to me like I gamble like maybe i put one horse a year yeah but I have to, do, like, if I go to a casino, I'm a, I've got an addictive personality. As soon as I touch the casino, I'm having a fucking good time, right? Yeah, right? yeah. But now I'm kind of. It's a poor Literally, tax, yeah, isn't it? Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Because it. And I thought that's the weirdest thing is the advert sells richness. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I don't know, if, like, I'm not shouting out names here, but certain adverts show, like, the odds, right? Mm. Odds is a fictional number, right? Mm so if you say someone thirteen to one, right, you're gonna win thirteen times to so your one. Yeah. So that person's going, Fuck me, that's a good fucking chance. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Let me just go
1: for it. They put yeah. a one on there. Yeah. But it's just mate, it's just out of nowhere. Yeah.
0: I always remember They that. picked
1: the number in fact to make sure that they know that they'll get money, depending on how many people choose to go down to select that bet, you know? Yeah.
0: I think one of the reasons why I've become such an accountant with fucking money was I was in Labrooks one time, and shout out to Ladbrokes. Like, I appreciate for all the money that I've earned from you and lost. <laughs> Are you shout them out. I I guess so. <laughs> I <laughs> I hope so. I yeah, I hope so, man. Because I used to be young, rich, and uh, happy. Mm. Uh, whereas now, like I'm, I'm living comfortably. Yeah, but yeah. I remember this guy came into the betting shop. He put his whole wage, like right, talking about nine hundred pounds, straight in the machine. Yeah, the guy span it off on roulette, lost every single penny. That's his whole month gone. Right. <laughs> I went to the machine, sluck like a £10 pound in there. Come out oh, with a cheeky bag out of oh the machine. In. That was
1: his
0: money. That's his money. That's and the game. I, the game's nuts, right? <laughs> like,
1: game game. And
0: when I took my money and I came outside, the guy was like, oh, can you buy me some cigarettes? You didn't do it? I bought him oh, cigarettes. Oh, you are, <laughs> Yeah, because I felt bad. But then in my head, I was like, actually, no, the game's nuts, bro. Yeah. I put my £10 pound in. He, not he might not have bought you nothing.
1: Yeah, you exactly. took of his money.
0: So... I personally, from that aspect, it was like, "This is this is a sinking ship." You can get addicted to this shit. Like, I won't yeah. have apps. I won't have anything that's kind of addicted because the law is unbelievable, right? Mm. You get get a spin, you win ten pound on that spin, and you think that's game changing, bro. I'm ten pound up. Let me flip the ten pound before you know you have lost that ten pound because you thought you've won ten pound. Yeah. You put another ten pound because and yeah, then don't go. You know, don't
1: go down that road, man. You there's in life you can't get something for nothing exactly that's just a fact so that's where so it's gonna come back around
0: you know so that's what I'm trying to like say let's be healthy about your money aspects and be honest with your partner where you're spending it how you're doing it if you don't feel comfortable in spending that amount then don't do it just say it is that what you're doing it. yeah share bank account <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Well, to an extent, like we go out, then we put money in the joint account and stuff like that. So we're kind of like sensible in a lot of aspects. Mm. But yeah, I'll pull her up occasionally. Like I don't mind. I'll Mm. be like, yeah, we spent too much on this. Yeah, yeah. we need to cut back on
1: different aspects. I mean, it's like it's your personal economy, isn't it? Yeah, you should manage it like you're managing. And that's why, like,
0: I invest in a lot of shitty schemes, man. Certain brothers telling me, bro, put a bag in here, bro. No, I'm going to no. flip it to, like, free. That's Don't you worry, memory. I'm going to look it. And I used to invest in the hood, bro. Like, everyone wants to come out. Like, there's certain people in the hood where they're like, they got ideas. They're like, yeah, I've got a printing business. I've got a salon. Yeah. I've got something. i got Why something. Why are they
1: coming
0: you- to you? <laughs> I'm just... Like, I'm just... I was the person that I wanted to invest, bro. I wanted I wanted to, like, put my money down, put my money yeah, where yeah. my mouth is. I didn't yeah, have yeah. a lot, but yeah. I trusted people. You know they weren't even.
1: invested in printing business. Uh, you no. Know
0: right? <laughs> yeah, they were, they were, like, growing their business, <laughs> whatever it was. Yeah. Um. They grow. Yeah. <laughs> they grow. <laughs> but... I kind of like I used to think yeah cool I'll put money into it I'm going to try and make some money back and actually I came a lot worse out of it and I could have been better off at this age and to be fair fuck it I'm not going to reflect on my 20s because that's YOLO bro you you live them once and you spend whatever but in my 30s I want to be so healthy and I want to make good decisions rather than bad decisions and it might sound easy to do that but you have to take risk in a lot of different aspects and you, by you trading on certain platforms, you're taking risk. Yeah. But for me, I do some mad calculations for that risk because, like for example, I will put £100 on a platform see how that grows, right? So for example, I use Moneybox, right? Yeah, I yeah. looked at my Moneybox the other week, I'm down 2%. Yeah. So why am I going to put more money into that, that system because I know at the minute it's not growing for me. And yeah, I get they the whole of in
1: um, socks and shares.
0: Yeah, so, yeah. I kind of was like, I'm only going to put my money if I can see the growth, right? If yeah. the product is not growing, then I'm not growing with it.
1: Yeah. And. You, you're basically doing it based on the returns you're getting. Yeah.
0: yeah. Because I don't want to lose out no more, man. Yeah. That, shit's, that shit hurts. Like, I know from school days selling SIM cards and stuff like that, that money comes Sim and money SIM goes. SIM <laughs> goes. <laughs> like, we, we all did our own little business. Yeah. yeah? yeah. We, we only had our own, like. Bad donut project. businesses. Yeah. Everyone had a project.
1: But you were a around. good laptop guy. Yeah, I'm a laptop oh, yeah, guy. I'm, yeah, st- yeah, yeah. I'm still, I'm still <laughs> that guy, right? I yeah, still make yeah. £30 on a laptop yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah. happy with
0: the £30. But it's kind of funny because I would do anything for like a 10, a 20, right? That 10, that 20, I didn't have the day before mm. and that's my spending money, right? That's my yeah. toy money. It didn't yeah. exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is, having that second business to make yourself grow
1: is. your side hustle yeah
0: and I made sure don't worry I did pay tax on that I did declare it yeah, yeah if yeah, yeah. Tax, are listening yeah in case the listener yeah. did pay tax on that money yeah it wasn't cash in hand at all god um, right. and like anything you do you need to put a a, a wealth object into it like time is money right I'm not coming out of my house for five pound I might come in my house for ten pound because that ten <laughs> has some sort of value it could pay for something there could be an accessory that I want or something like that and the way that I think is everything that you earn has a value in its own right yeah if you wanted to buy something you have got to earn it yeah yeah just because you're working doesn't mean you can buy an object right Mm -hmm. you've not paid yourself your worth right how much time have you put in that month to yourself to pay yourself for that item Mm -hmm. yeah so a great example of this if you want to go buy something for yourself how how do you justify it to yourself in your, he- your head? Have you saved up a month or two? Yeah. How do you work out the calculation that you can justify buying it?
1: I use my budget. I use my budget. Honestly, I have my. I've got my pots. I know where everything's allocated. If I want to buy something, I'm looking at my play budget, and I'm seeing, does it stretch? Is yeah. it? Is it? Does it fit into what I'm trying to do this month? I've got. I'm trying to go here. I'm trying to go there. I want to buy this, and i'll just weigh it up like that so
0: i'm kind of funny i won't buy something i'll save up yeah right so i'll split a proportion 25 say for example i want trainers and 150 quid Mm -hmm. i'll put 25 pound a month hopefully by then i won't need it sometimes i'm like fuck it i'm gonna buy it but i've worked for so
1: enough time goes by that you don't yeah yeah that's a good way to do it that's a good way to do it like as in let the money build up and then when the money's there now Am I gonna still want that thing? Yeah, because that's that's another thing about um, credit. Like, we've all been there, like using using credit cards and and credit and stuff. But um, it's just so easy to have it now um, with the credit and pay it off that you will have it now. You, you, you at least you're tempted to have it now, yeah. um, rather than rather than save.
0: But do you, I also think it's kind of scary how. In how the world encourages you. Like I, I don't know okay. if you saw my my um, Instagram post about Amazon doing interest free over four months or five months, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that's encouraging credit. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Right, but in this country, we never had a society where, like we've had loan books, other stuff. Yeah, your um, what are they? The, the people that rip you off, where you go in the little circle um, and they put you in the book every week. You gotta go pay somebody. What, like a partner? Yeah, like a partner, yeah? <laughs> yeah. What's your partner? Because <laughs> certain people are bumpy, right? So oh, what, you... if they just try to leave with the money?
1: Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And, like, that kind of society is great because you build up your money to pay for what you need to do and you only use it when you need it, right? Yeah. Whereas now, credit is so available yeah. that you can just have it now without really thinking about it. And I, I look at some people, like, not judging people on benefits, but benefit people go take out all these credits but not realising the... Impact they may have, yeah. right? So if you look at your house, right? How many things do people have on credit, right? You got your fa- your sofa, TV, fridge, microwave, bed, yeah, TV now because you can, yeah, and all these kind of things. And then you also then go to the fact where you need building work. Your building guy has gone to you. Yeah, you know what? I do it over 12 months, like 122 pounds a month, right? Yeah. But if you actually looked at how much interest you paid over the course of all
1: them objects... It's wild. It's nuts. And what People want to offer you credit as well because your your debt is their asset. There's yeah. people all around the world that own these debts and they know that you're going to pay them back more than what they lent out. So they're comfortable living... They're comfortable making you their passive income.
0: It's like student loan. <laughs> <laughs> student loan is a pagan, right? Student loan. Like, I was looking at you I was like... Damn these motherfuckers! Right, <laughs> that terms and conditions that I agreed to when I was eighteen, and I'm yeah, and it's big I'm just gonna just clarify this. I wasn't actually at an age of legal responsibility to understand the paperwork. That I signed, right? <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people feel that way. Do You want a refund? Like I don't want a refund yet, but I want you to look at the system and address it because yeah. when your teacher signed, told you to sign up, they said sign for as much as you possibly can. Mm. But actually, that's irresponsible mm. because you're applying for stuff that's with uh, that's over your means. Mm. Yeah.
1: As many years as you can.
0: No, as much money as you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you were told to go for the maximum you're entitled to. Yeah. But that was well, irresponsible. Back in the day,
1: we, at least we had grants. Yeah.
0: But the grants were irresponsible. had to pay people. them back. But some people had the grants, the loans, and stuff like that. Yeah. But if you took the grant without the maintenance loan, yeah. You could have been all right. You just had to get a second job or whatever. Yeah. But now people are complaining that they've got 50, 60 grand in debt. Yeah. But they didn't. Fucking them.
1: Debt. Like, no grants. No grants. And so you've got the most disadvantaged people going to uni, taking off the biggest fees, needing the mo- more money because there's not money coming from home, and then the grants are not really... Yeah, they're loans, essentially. Yeah. So, but uh, do you know the terms stuff. that you
0: signed up to, like knowing that you paid your interest on day one? Did you read the terms and conditions? No, I was... I, was bit, I had a completely different mindset man I was, focused, I was focused on freshers week yeah and like for me like I kind of regret like I, I had a great time at uni mm. I worked flat out I was making moolah at uni I met mm. my loans but I kind of came out the last couple of years and I looked at it I've been looking at my statement you should really look at your statement but these motherfuckers have had a party off me i will be paying somebody else's loan that's, that's skipped the country and I don't see I'm getting any benefit from it from your degree yeah, at the minute, because if I look at, like, I don't know, like it, it applies to my industry. I could have been doing the job that I did without going to uni. Yeah, yeah, I learned a load of different skills, and I've learned a lot about myself. Yeah. But at the minute, when I left uni, the, the last conversation I had with one of the lecturers was that my degree is irrelevant. Like, all <laughs> so the skills... He told
1: you that on Yeah, because
0: all the skills that I've learned has already been surpassed, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the problem with technology. Everything is changing all the time, right? Yeah, yeah My degree yeah. is techn- technology-based. Yeah. And I personally just feel like this is bullshit. Like, I've, I'm paying, like, probably, like, I don't know, best part, of like, 20 sat in bags for a 15-bag loan at the mm-hmm. time. But, yeah, I've learned a lot, and I, there's a lot of
1: positives to take from it. But... Uh, yeah, I mean... It- with a lot of it tech focused stuff the industry moves so quickly but just generally um i don't know if everyone is getting a lot of value from their degrees it yeah. depends on it, it, what you learn can be like really abstract um and then when you get into the office it's like what can you do excel what yeah can you do whatever <laughs> or whatever
0: i think it's kind, of, it's, it's kind of interesting though because there's a lot of different aspects that i've been looking at right so when someone says to me like Chris, like how would you recommend going to get into IT? Yeah. I'd be like go to get an apprentice or do some free work experience. Yeah. Like the value of going to experience your role rather than going to get a piece of paper. I
1: agree.
0: Is, is so much higher, right? I'd rather tell somebody, don't take the debt
1: and take it out kind of way. No, oh, for sure. Even um my youngest brother is he he already knows he doesn't want to he's like ho- only halfway through secondary school and he already knows he wants to do um, some kind of apprenticeship when he leaves and yeah. I encourage it as well because it's, you, you've got real skills that you can make you, you're you always going to have those skills now you're yeah. always going to have um, that value and when when a lot of people leave uni or I speak for myself when I left uni I didn't feel that much wiser than when I left school Yeah. but now I had this piece of paper that like um, allowed me to apply to certain jobs that I wouldn't have been able to apply to when I left school
0: so this this is actually brings on to a good point, right? And I've been trying to get to this subject for for quite a while now. So, from the degree you've done,
1: yeah,
0: to what you're doing now, yeah, and what we want to talk about, because I really want to get down to the juicy bit, because like I've I've been hearing about this project for quite a while now, yeah, and I'm absolutely looking forward to like talking about it for a while. Yeah. Um. But how did your degree kind of push you into this direction
1: that you're? Head into now. Yeah. So I took an economics degree. What I found, um, what I can see now, is that the things I learned on my degree course were probably not like the full picture in terms of like interpreting um, the economy, the, the like global economy and the environment and stuff. Um, so I think it was a good experience. Just going to uni generally was a good experience. So it was like formative in that way, like I l I was a lot of growth just going to uni and living away from home. In terms of what I learned on the course, I, I, I didn't rate it that much. I think I've learned a lot more, I've learned a lot more about the way the world works from reading Outside of what I learnt at school and what I learnt at university I think going back to what we were saying right at the start um, school and university are really is where you're kind of getting indoctrinated into um, a certain way of thinking and perceiving the world Yeah. and although I don't regret the experience of going to uni because I got a lot out of it in a personal sense um, I don't really rate The education system in general anymore now from what I've learned and I don't I think everyone's encouraged to get degrees nowadays because it's literally a way of um, cutting down applications on certain jobs like just by adding you need a degree on it yeah now we can rule out X amount of um, applicants but really what it creates is a vicious cycle where now every job needs a degree and now you have to go and get a degree take on debt in order to kind of enter society and then once you've got that debt hanging over you, it's just like a mortgage or any form of credit. You have to keep working in order to pay off that debt. Yeah. So
0: this project that we're building up to, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember I was being in the room. Can't disclose what, how this, the conversation came up. Yeah. Um, but being in that room, listening to your project, I was really excited because it's something different. It was, it's an idea that I've not really heard much about, and when we had a conversation last year about it and how we're talking about loads of different ideas, I kind of felt that there's a gap for this and there's a reason behind this and loads of stuff has changed, but certain aspects of the world haven't actually changed, right? And we spent a lot of time talking about race, diversity, um, money aspects, money health, and get yourself in a better financial position for you to get to that point where it's buying a house or whatever you're trying to do to make the next step. And I think what you've been working on in the background is being something that could make an acid difference. Um yeah, hopefully. And the name is really, really cool. I'll, I'll let you talk about that in a sec. But I think when you look at technology that we have, certain things are untouched areas, right? Mm-hmm. And this is a market which is kind of touched in the past but hasn't been touched in a long time, right? Yeah. It needs a breakup in society. Somebody that's like what we call them, a groundbreaker. Someone that digs up the road and causes havoc, right? Fair. An absolute disruption kind of person. And I think what you're building is an absolute disruption to the market. There's nothing out there at this current market which is like that. Mm. And I really want you to share that with the listeners and tell them everything that you're doing, why you're doing it, and what can we expect in the next sort of 12 months from you. Got
1: you. So yeah we we had a conversation last year talking about just a business idea and it's finally coming to kind of fruition now um, the the business is a startup called prop block that's p-r-o-p-b-l-o-c
0: just gonna say here yeah before we go into anything yeah. nobody try and store this idea because this is trademarked <laughs> so far yeah, right me. um, I mean they
1: couldn't because it is trademarked but
0: yeah I'm we're going to try not to disclose too much information so people can't steal secrets, yeah. but we're going to give you a, a basic idea of how it works.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're and we're testing it. We're building and testing at the moment. So um, what we find with startups is that at different points, they like pivot and, and change and tweak the little things that they're going to do. Um, but we, we can talk about it as it is now and, and hopefully we'll see it Yeah. well definitely we're going to see so it so just well. a disclaimer,
0: if you're listening, don't try and steal this because he was here first, didn't <laughs> they're going to be like, yeah <laughs> right, <I don't> care. <laughs> next pyramid scheme, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it. let's talk about the platform so what's it going to look
1: like? yeah, so we're, we're, so we're launching our we're to launch a cryptocurrency um, and the idea behind the cryptocurrency is to get people to um, pull their money together into a building fund Um, by purchasing this cryptocurrency you you kind of invest into a building fund and that is then used to build um, properties to rent Um, and the rent is then paid back to the investors in the building fund so if you own our cryptocurrency you'll be paid rent um, on the properties in which we build.
0: So trying to get a little bit juicy into here behind your cryptocurrency what platform are you running
1: like what have you built it on? Are you building your own cryptocurrency, or you? yeah? So we want to build on the we're looking at the Ethereum blockchain at the moment. We haven't launched the currency. Um, we're we're testing kind of the, how the viability of the business and um, before we kind of build everything on the back end. Um, but yeah, so the, one the main cryptocurrency that people, everyone would have heard of is Bitcoin, um, and there's. Another cryptocurrency, the second biggest by market cap, yeah. is called Ethereum, mm. and that that is kind of like a decentralized layer of um, of the internet in which it has its own cryptocurrency called eth- Ether, but it is also a network in which you can build your own cryptocurrencies on top of. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah? So, from that kind of very good discussion so far, what is your target audience who are you trying to
1: yeah so we've been talking a little bit about the housing market so far right yeah Um, at the moment you if you want to if you want to live in a house you've got two choices you can either rent it or you can buy it Um, if you rent it you're paying money out to a landlord every month Um, and if the landlord has a mortgage that money tends to end up with the banking system Um, if you want to own your home then you have to save a deposit yeah. And that excludes a lot of people from from the market. You know, in London last year, the average deposit was over a hundred thousand pounds, um, which is which well, is when the average
0: salary is only about like, twenty four thousand or less less than that, right?
1: Na- nationally, the average salary is about thirty okay. k, but that is um, that's still less than the average deposit, which is over forty k. Yeah. Um. So what they're asking people to do is provide more than their yearly salary as a deposit in order to in order to buy a home. Um so it excludes a lot of people from the market. But as I was saying earlier, once you have a mortgage you're still quote unquote renting. Um you're renting money from the bank. You're gonna pay a lot of money in interest to the banking system over the lifetime of your mortgage. Yeah. There's this Albert it's often attru- attributed to Albert Einstein, um, but there's a quote that says it those who under those who understand um, compound interest earn it yeah. and those that don't understand compound interest pay it yeah in wanting to get mortgages often we we're the ones that are paying compound interest so if you have a 400k house even with a 5% interest rate the amount of compound interest you're going to pay over the first 20 years of that mortgage while you're decreasing while you're increasing your equity and repaying back the loan is a hell of a lot of money um, yeah. as we said on like a 500k house you'll pay 400k in interest over the first 20 years yeah. and have less than less than 100k in equity it's nuts it's crazy uh, so those are your options at the moment you can yeah. either rent and pay a landlord who's going to pay the bank you can either be excluded from owning because you need to raise a deposit or you can go get a mortgage and on these huge properties like 500k, 600k etc um, pay just a crazy amount of interest to the banks so what we're trying to do with our cryptocurrency is um, like I said you invest in it we build we take that money we we build properties to rent yeah. and then when you rent one of those properties that rent is getting paid back to the cryptocurrency yeah? yeah so then if you're you Christian are renting one of our homes and investing in our cryptocurrency that rent is coming back to you yeah yeah so the more of the cryptocurrency you own um the more rent comes back to you. So as you increase the number of coins that you own, yeah. you're effectively decreasing um, the amount of rent that you're paying. Yeah, do you get? Do you get? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, I get that. And it's kind of similar to uh, the offset mortgages, which we mentioned earlier, or the um, finance you mentioned earlier. So yeah. you're going to get this. What were you buying on zero percent finance? Uh, iPad. So you're buying an iPad with zero percent finance. You're going to buy an iPad in cash. Yeah. The woman said to you, um, "Why not get zero percent finance?" because that means that the money you would spend in to buy this in cash is going to be earning interest in the bank yeah. while you're paying this at 0%. Um, so you're offsetting the amount. The amount you're earning in interest in the bank is going to be offsetting um, the amount you ultimately pay for the iPad. Yeah. And this is the same. So when Christian is renting a home with PropBlock, um, he's offsetting how much rent he's paying i don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> I don't know what I meant, when yeah. you when we'll you when you <laughs> when you are renting with PropBlock, um you're gonna offset the amount of rent you're paying by also saving your money with us so by investing in this cryptocurrency some of your rent is coming back to you and the more of it you own the less rent you ultimately have to pay
0: yeah so like i'm gonna be really controversial right Go on. so taking yourself put yourself alongside like building societies right
1: Exactly. Yeah. We're modelling ourselves on building
0: societies. So, obviously, building societies have changed over time. That's how stuff happens, right? Yeah. So, what is going to say to somebody, come to prop block rather than take a traditional route? Like, What are the incentives that you're kind of trying to educate people? Because this is an educational piece rather than an understanding kind of piece.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, the first thing I just say because you brought up building societies... Is that we're really modelling ourselves on building societies. Can I just ask which one? All of
0: them, the concept. What, what, the concept. what, what one drives you, like what one stands out to you. Like if you look at
1: across the platform, yeah. there's loads of them, right? Yeah, so yeah.
0: I can name a few. I'd probably
1: me- shout out nationwide because not f- and and the reasons is not really to do with um like the competitive marketplace, but because they're still a building society. Yeah. What what a lot of people don't realise is that Okay, so first we'll say what the difference between a building society and a bank is, yeah? Yeah. Building societies started in the Midlands in um, seventeen late 1700s. When they first started, they were just groups of people who wanted to pull their money together to build property. Yeah. Um, first one started in a pub, for example. And once all, what they do is they pull their money together every month and then they'd use that money to build houses. So once, if it was just me and you in the building society, we pull our money together. First we build your house, we pull our money together, and then we build my house. Yeah. yeah? Eventually those building societies turn into savings and loan institutions. Yeah. They pull their money together from their savers and then they lend it out to their borrowers. Yeah. So when I saved with let's say nationwide, I know that my money is gonna be used to um fund your mortgage. Yeah. And then when you pay interest on your mortgage, that money comes back to me as a saver. Yeah. yeah. And that's a building society. Banks, on the other hand, they don't pull money together. They don't take money from lots of savers and, and loan it out to their borrowers. What they do is they create money every time they lend. Yeah. Um and and that and in the nineteen nineties what we had was lots and lots of building societies and some banks and what the building societies decided to do was to become banks. Yeah. So they um where they had, where they were mutual before, they were a collaboration between savers and borrowers. They decided to become um, mortgage banks that um, got share, that sold shares, and that's how they'd raise their capital yeah. uh, for um, their lending. I yeah, think. yeah. And I would say I'm going to shout out nationwide. You asked me which is like my favorite. Um, I'm going to shout out nationwide because they're still a building society, and Halifax uh you know all the all these other guys <laughs> they've become banks yeah. so what so in fact let's talk about Halifax that that's a building society that started in a small town in in the UK Halifax that's the name of the town <laughs> and um kudos to them yeah they became a bank so while we see the face Halifax on our branches and on our debit cards and stuff they're not they're not they're owned by Lloyds banking group yeah yeah there's four banks in in the UK Lloyds is one of them and when you're banking with Halifax, you're not banking with Halifax, you're banking with Lloyds. Yeah, it's like a shop front. It's you a shop front. Like, like some of these um, supermarkets that we <laughs> go to. Literally, literally. It's like when you go into um, your off-license or newsagents or whatever, and you're like, oh, what shall I choose? Coke or Sprite or Fanta? It's like, nah, you're choosing Coke or Coke
0: or <laughs> Coke. <laughs> <laughs> some yeah. of the same house, bro. Yeah, it's, it's just it's different it, packages, exactly, right? Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. So... Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of nationwide because they're still a building society and they kinda kept they kept true to that like mutual idea whereas banks, they're not mutuals. They're designed yeah. to give you loans so that they can profit from the interest of the loans and then they don't even have to pay that money to us as savers. Yeah. So we're talking about again, let's go back to like, target audience. Like what
0: what is the main incentive and what kind of people are you looking for? How do you want
1: to encourage that growth? I'm. I i want to I think we're gonna keep discovering who our like audiences and our early adopters are. But the the impetus for for me to do this is for the quote unquote generation rent. Yeah. Um. There's. Have you got a target location in mind where like you
0: want to focus this on? Because I I know some people are when they do projects they yeah. kind of like look at a particular area to see how they can adapt their products.
1: Yeah. I think the the end goal is to to be in London, but um, I'm at the moment while I'm just trying to launch and um, get kind of my uh, pilot proof of concept um, complete. I'm I'm looking up at Manchester at the moment, and I'm looking up north where uh, the property prices are a lot cheaper. Well, would you say
0: Manchester is basically like London these days? Uh, the average house price in Manchester is nuts. Like. Um, but it's kind of funny talking about Manchester Manchester seeing a massive growth in the last seven to eight years right Yeah, becoming like one of the top three like cities in the UK yeah yeah but i yeah, got affinity really.
1: for them because I went uni yeah. up there, innit?
0: I just want to shout out Stockport because it's kind of lonely and sad. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, mate. Have <laughs> you ever <they've laughs> been there? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what have it is? Football it's football like one of the stops <laughs> on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> or what, have you taken Stockport to the Premier League? I've taken yeah. them somewhere, uh, innit? Uh, uh, I'm yeah. just trying to shout out some of these little towns. Like, it's kind of interesting because there's towns like Burnley where you can still buy a property for 30k. And Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. But just generally, prices of property always goes up because of the credit. Yeah. that we're creating but yeah it, it is definitely the housing market is like hotter in London yeah. than so, it's you know.
0: so what made you bridge this gap like what made you sit down and go this is something I want to do this is a project that I want to believe because yeah. sometimes you go from a bedroom idea and you don't follow through with it like, I, I've i had a couple ideas and I've never yeah. felt through with it but like, what made you take that leap and go this is the direction I want to go and this is this is why yeah. I want to be a
1: disruptive person I think I'm just obsessed with how messed up but I've, I think anyone that like listened to a little bit of this would see how obsessed I am with how fucked the banking system <laughs> is um and how f- and how crazy money is yeah. um to me and I think I went down a bit of a rabbit hole. it started with like I was like, why couldn't I afford a home yeah. um, and I read a book by an economist called Josh Ryan Collins, which is called why you can 't afford a home shout out to him yeah, and it basically set out this problem of banks create money when they lend and if they keep lending for for houses they'll keep pushing up the price of houses and we will have to pay them interest it's like yeah. it's almost like having um being dominated by empire yeah. like and having to pay the empire tribute yeah. like the the banks aren't adding any value to our economy they're not they're primarily r- lenders for houses yeah. they're not lending to people with great ideas to start podcasts or um, great ideas to start um, you know compute our companies yeah. they're lending against property that's already in place and the idea is that if I lend if they create money for it they inflate the price, if they inflate the price they can get more interest and if they get more interest um, they can pay themselves even more Yeah. that isn't conducive to a happy society and we're seeing the breaking point now with generation rent you've got people living at home much longer people renting from cradle to grave people yeah. um you know living living on like pot noodles just to save up for a mortgage deposit yeah. there's yeah. nothing wrong with that because that's getting them to where they need to do right it, there isn't nothing wrong with um wanting to own your own home it's a i think it's a very um it's a normal kind of pursuit like uh, walking yeah. into a home you own is security it feels good um, yeah. and, and it's an investment in your children, uh, yeah. if, if you if you want to have a family, but having a society where people need to scrimp and scrave in order to um, access something which, like large parts of the society, can access um, because their parents have done it or because th- th- there's money there to do it, that's that is a bit of an ill society to me.
0: Yeah, it's kind of it's, I I, I personally feel. It. The society's fucked at the minute. There's a lot of aspects that I'm looking at and I'm going, yeah, this is not really for me. And I understand where that, that investment comes from. And I like your idea. But the other question is, like, how are you yeah. going to make money for yourself? Because like, yeah. it's important. Like, I'm a money man. I'm a numbers yeah, man. Yeah, I told yeah. you I like to invest. Yeah. But like, how do you grow yourself out of that? How, and how does problem make money? Yeah. Well, how are you going to also make money? Just not not the business as a whole, right? Because yeah. the business is a business, right? Yeah. That's got to make money. But yeah, yeah, you've fair. also got to make your own money out of this. So how do you grow yourself and your financial yeah. side?
1: So I think my, um, on a business level, the way the building societies worked is they were, um, so they pull the money from all, their, from all their savers and they lend it out to the borrowers. The borrowers pay interest on what they've borrowed. And the building society pays that interest back to the savers. But what you would do is take a little bit of the interest in order to to keep up with running the society. Yeah. The prop block works in the same way, in the sense that we keep a little bit of the profits for ourselves in order to um, pay for us as an entity. Yeah, um, that's that's the concept. Um, how do I make money myself personally? I think whenever you create, when wherever you create value. Um, Money flows accordingly, um, and one thing I'm particularly passionate about is teaching, yeah. um, and and writing and blogging. So um, can we
0: I, shout out some of your pages.
1: Yeah, I mean, if you visit prop, prop blog.com I've got a blog there. Um, I can get you to share a, a, my medium my medium page. I don't know how to get say the link to it. Or <laughs> Not on, savvy. On, yeah, yeah. On on a podcast, um, I also blog about like. I've got a separate podcast um, called Beats. Rhymes. Debate, um, where we we talk about hip hop and we do like listening parties yeah. and stuff. I got a blog on that. Um, so yeah, writing and teaching is how I is how I, I create my value and. Um, and get paid
0: yeah. for it so I just sorry I'll just look at the time I think we, we've touched on like absolutely amazing points and yeah we've been going for a little bit
1: we should do this again we
0: I definitely think and, we will yeah. I, th- I think we've got good vibes and we've got some good understanding I yeah. can't wait to share
1: this because um, I want to talk crypto
0: yeah we to to it. <laughs> so I think yeah. we're gonna do yeah what we're gonna do is we'll wrap this session up yeah yeah and we're gonna come back to another se- session of us
1: yeah yeah
0: So thank you again for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Average Christian Tech. Don't forget to tell your friends to tell another friend if you enjoyed this episode. Um, Hope to see you soon.